officially now know the greatest Raphael to ever appear in sports in general. Obviously, that might be a bit of an overstatement until we get the amazing fight when the one of the greatest tennis players of all time, uh, if he isn't, I, I think he is. I don't really know a whole lot about tennis. But once he makes his way into the cage, we can really settle that one for sure because Raphael Fiziev makes yet again another amazing Call out. We also saw some tough results for the tough 29 group. We're going to talk who is the best prospect to come from that and is that class suffering at this point? Obviously, they're not suffering as bad as tough 30 is right now because, oh boy. That season sucks. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to UFC Talk 93. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the best in the business and my main man, Blake Campbell. And, Blake, how are we feeling after? I mean, I know it's been a couple weeks since we've been able to uh, get one of these together. So, I'll, how, how have you been over the last couple weeks? Because there's been some pretty damn good cards. Oh, got to turn my microphone on first. Oh, I've been, uh, Rusty, you know. it's okay. I know I'm a little rusty. It's been, it's been too long. <laughs> um, I'm been good though. You know the the pay per view a couple weeks ago I thought was a little lackluster in certain moments, but especially for the the show of the summer. You you feel me? Yeah. So I mean, thanks, and, Izzy. And for obvious reasons, right? Like eye pokes and and boring decisions. But this last weekend was pretty was pretty solid. I mean, I was I was entertained pretty much from start to finish. There was a couple, you know. Not the greatest fights, I guess we could say, in between, but I think there were some really good performances mixed in there that kind of uh, made me enjoy the card a lot. Oh, I agree, and uh, definitely not the biggest name value card necessarily, but there's a lot of great prospects on here, a lot of, name, a lot of prospects whose name I can't pronounce, or uh, so, my enunciations are going to be horrible this show, um, just pretend like I'm chill, son, and you guys find them funny, or at least I find them funny, um, so just, just... Picture me with, I already know my voice is kind of high pitch for a dude, so just picture me with even, or hear me with an even higher pitch, and then there's Shell Sunday right there. But what we got for you guys today is, of course, breaking down UFC Vegas 58. We're going to be taking a look at what's a, a couple of car, uh, fights may have fallen off or been changed, but UFC Long Island is still super loaded for a fight night, at least and maybe not super low, but it's it's looking really damn good. And then we're going to take a look at some new, I guess what we call a new chapter to the Nate Diaz controversy. Uh, especially if you got his interview on Tuesday on the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani. Uh, there, it's it was um, how, how do I want to say this? Like it was quotable to say the least. I I think that's a damn fact. And we also got something new we're going to throw at you guys this week as well. So stay tuned but we're going to get things started off with ufc vegas 58 the most recent card in blake it, we haven't asked this for a few weeks now so did the bankers hit uh two out of three <clears throat> two out of three we'll, we'll refresh everyone's memories we i had... appreciate the honesty with yourself yeah absolutely uh so starting with the prelims we had uh jesus cody brundage versus treshawn gore and, uh, you know, me and me and you have been pretty high on Treshawn Gore. You know, we thought he had that. At least we were. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we thought we thought he had we'll that aggressive that nature, that one-hit KO power, which, I mean, I, I still think is there. But it's just weird how he hasn't really been able to put it all together in his last couple performances, mm -hmm. you know, against Brian Battle for the unofficial official tough championship. Uh, <laughs> and then, obviously, his most recent fight against Cody Brundage, who – like I was telling you before we started recording, is now firmly on my radar. I mean, I'm I'm pretty impressed with that guy. Hey, he's Cody Brundage is coming up, man. Yeah, so I'm excited for him uh, to Not go. Not just the, a wrestler anymore. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to go. Oh, the so next you're a striker one. now. Yeah, he he had to pull his Nate Diaz out there, you know. Um, next one we had was Jamie Malarkey versus Michael Johnson. And I mean, that was Bang probably, I don't know if they, I didn't check the, uh, awards from the fight, uh, the fight night this last weekend, but I would assume they would have gotten fight of the night. Um, Let's see if I, I can fact check that for you real quick on the UFC website. It did get fight of the night. Okay, okay. Good. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Cause I mean, that was just an amazing fight. Michael Johnson Arguably had him. Arguably round of the year that first round, bro. Yeah, I mean, Michael Johnson Ooh. dropped him first round. They both got dropped first round. Then Malarkey starts <laughs> kicking his butt in the second round. Could have been a 10-8 in the second round, honestly. Did you think it was? 
It could have been. It it very well could have been. I think it kind of depends on how you know you personally score things, damage, all that kind of stuff, control. Um, of course, because I think, did I think put we could hold that in our mind, though. Um, we'll definitely get to that in in a second. Go a little bit deeper into that one. And then obviously the third round was another great uh, battle, and I thought Michael Johnson probably got the better of him in that round. So mm-hmm. it was a really close fight, and I thought. Easily fight of the night, possibly one of the better fights of the year. I don't know if you could really say fight of the year just off of all the crazy fights we've seen so far. We've had some good ones this year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. But yeah, an amazing fight. Probably the highlight of the night for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of like the overall fight, obviously not the highlight. But uh, I'm probably going to get another contender for fight of the year this weekend as well. We'll get to that uh, with our bangers for UC Long Island as well as our premier banger for the week. I think you guys might be able to take a guess, but you'll just have to wait and see. So that's the uh, the two that hit, right, for the bangers last week. The one that didn't hit, obviously, Ricky Tercios versus uh, Ayman Zahabi, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. And that was just a frustrating fight to watch, man. It was weird. Ricky wasn't connecting. He was doing some funny things at first, you know, with the feints and the screaming and the... I don't even know what to really He's call those. Richie Tercios is all that yeah. was. <laughs> but it's like, damn, dude, you got to you gotta freaking connect on some of those punches. It was just frustrating to watch him just, you know, beating up the air all, all the time. Um, so hopefully he can get back on track because that's a guy that I was, you know, really excited to see perform. Um, he's got a great personality. He's, he's entertaining in and out of the cage. So Absolutely. hopefully he can put it together and get back on track. The guy that he fought uh, didn't really do anything for me. Um, kind of just stood there and encountered the whole time. And I just, you know, I think if you're a champion, you could, you know, ask it Israel Adesanya, you can probably get away with that. But oh, yeah. if you're a guy on the come up, you know, you're unranked and no one really knows of you and you're fighting like that. Like, I'm just not really interested. I, I'll, ne- I'll probably never like bat my eyes at a fight of his ever until he proves like, you know, he's actually going to do something in there. It was, uh, I like how you bring that because that's just going to roll us into our next point here. Take a look at the fighters from UFC, twi- um, or from Tough 29, excuse me, and seeing how they've been faring in the UFC because a lot of them, not necessarily great. A guy like uh, we mentioned earlier that we were super high on, uh, even though he ended up not winning um, uh, t- the tough season for the middleweight division, he did have to pull out against that fight against um, Brian Battle. Brian Battle went on to win. Um, and then when we thought it was going to be a great fight, when them and when he and Brian Battle finally faced off in the UFC, it was, I'm not sure if it was a disappointing fight or a lackluster one, but I thought Treshawn Gore was going to do a little bit more in that. But, you know, um, Brian Battle was able to handle him. And then this most recent fight as well looked kind of sloppy and he caught a counter um, shot from that one and he got knocked out, especially after all this talking. So he's in a weird spot right now. He's 0-2 in the UFC and that (laughs) clearly is not a great spot to be in. Um, Now, Ricky Tercios, he uh, has two official pro fights in the UFC. Um, His uh, first win, and now he's 1-1 with his uh, defeat over Brady Heisen in the tough finale, which was a solid performance, super fun fight in that one. Um, But like you said, this fight um, at UC Vegas 58 was just, just weird and lackluster and I was I thought we were going to go a little bit more Ricky and the Ricky that won tough but this fight did not feel like that and Brian Battle is a a bright spot right now um so he's obviously 1-0 looking forward to his next fight or I guess 2-0 1-0 post tough against Rayshon Gore looking forward to his next fight when he takes on someone that you know isn't a tough guy and like I guess fresh blood and to be honest, I kind of hope he drops down to welterweight because I think he could be a freaking killer in that division. Um, but really, if I so Blake, Andre you're, you're too. Right? Don't forget about him. Yeah, so I was actually going to bring him up in in, in a second because he's a success right now. Andre Petrosky is. I, I I don't know. I I guess we'll just bring this up right now. So, do you think that Andre Petrosky? Even though he lost in the semifinals, is he the best prospect to come from the season of Tough 29? Right now, he stands um, at 3-0 um, and o since his um, 
uh, since he started in the UFC. He even has a grappling win over Phil Hawes in that time span. Um, all three of them by finish. One by round three, ground and pound, and then one by uh, third round, arm triangle, and then one by his most recent one, his most impressive one, with his domination, round one submission, quick one against Nick Maximoff, who's no slouch on the on the canvas as well. Um, so, have you been almost, are you almost worried about the batch that's come from Tough 29? Are we going to see success from them? And is Andre Petrosky the best one to come out so far? Um, definitely not worried about the talent level. I think they're all still trying to find their way a little bit. Uh, I just think it's weird how Petrovsky's had three fights in the same timeline. I mean, Gore, I guess, had an injury, so it makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. while they're kind of easing him back into it. I think his first one was a short nose fight as well for, for Petrovsky. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, it's just weird how Ricky's been out since August of 2021, and he was the winner of t- – unless it was his, you know, uh, like he wanted to take that time off, I just think that's kind of weird keeping that guy that you basically spent, what, 10 weeks building up and <laughs> you sit him on the shelf for the better part of a year. Uh, yeah. That didn't that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, Petrovsky's definitely been the most successful, you know, minus not winning the whole thing. So, I, mm-hmm. okay, let me start this over. Post-tough, yeah. Brian Battle's been the most successful, right, in terms of championships, titles, whatever you want to say, won just with the tough mm-hmm. championship. I think Petrovsky might be the most impressive right now and is probably on the best. Because uh, beating Maximov, like, that's a hot prospect. That's a guy that comes from a really that was good a background. That was a big win in my eyes. You know, he trains with the Diaz bros and, and the, and that's the Nick a guy Diaz that was army. That's sacrificed to Hamza Chimaev by, yeah. by his own boy. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, that's a that's a big-time win. And I think Brian Battle also has a big-time win, but it's, it's looking not as big-time now that Treshawn mm-hmm. Gore has lost another fight in a row. And uh, it was by finish. So I'd say, yeah, right now, Petrovsky is probably the most promising. Um, Battle might have the most potential. Mm. Just because he could, like you were saying earlier, he could drop down to welterweight. There's just a lot of these guys still kind of trying to find their footing. So I'm really interested to see where they go. I I feel like they're all kind of on uh, different trajectories right now. Brian's kind of like the slow builder. Ricky's kind of like flat, right? kind of took that loss so it's but it wasn't like a bad loss it was just a weird loss so it's kind of like flat mm-hmm. Petrovsky's kind of sloping up and then Gore is kind of sloping down so they're all kind of like a little different you know and it's interesting so I think we'll need like at least another couple of years to really tell how these mm-hmm. guys have been faring but so far I think they're doing okay just not fantastic that's fair and I think it's safe to say that um that these guys are in tough 29 or if I had to bet, I definitely bet that they would be better than any prospect to come out of uh tough, the season of tough 30. Cause I, I have you been I, watching I, the episodes. I've been watching the fights. I haven't been watching the episodes because mm-hmm. I, I, ju- I, I just can't yeah, so much. It's, it's pretty... no, exactly. I just, I just can't be bothered to watch the episode. I'll watch a fight just to see like what's up and to look at the fighters. But <laughs> That's even, the, even the coaches' challenge was whack this year. They did axe throwing. The axe throwing, yeah. Was... And Pena just sucked, dude. Like she started yeah. off good and then just sucked. I, dude, this, this season sucks. I, I really don't know what else to say. I was, I was a big, I was super happy when they brought it back with Tough Twenty Nine. I thought Tough Twenty Nine was was a fun season. It, it obviously wasn't the best season of Tough we've ever seen. But no, it was but a they good were one. they were like adults. They were professionals. They were. Good fights. I mean, every single week it seemed like it was a pretty damn good fight. Like yeah. it wasn't and Brian Ord- and weird decision. It really started with the coaches, right? Because Volkanovski, uh, good personality, hell of a fighter. Brian Ortega, good personality, hell of a fighter. I then you have Amanda Nunes, who is a hell, a hell of a fighter. Let, let's be honest, and, you know, let's be real. And Pena, uh, apparently a hell of a fighter for being, you know, current UFC ban- women's bantamweight champion. But when it comes to personality, I think that my the wall I am looking at my bedroom right now, Blake, it is like just a very plain tan. And I think that has twice the amount of personality as Pena ever will. And the man knew this combined for that fact. It's just it's just not good, dude. So <laughs> But the fights the and the, also, also the fights haven't been as good as last year. Like no, they haven't been close. bad, but last year's fights were like there's been like bangers. Maybe two or three good fights 
this mm-hmm. season. And it's mostly been girls. Like yeah. usually it's the girl fights that are the bangers this season. The mm-hmm. only the only guy fight I really enjoyed so far was when uh damn, I can't remember his name, but he was like the heavy set short guy and he did that like it was like a wheel kick or something or like a yeah, spinning back yeah, heel. I, know what you're I can't and, remember his name though. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his freaking name, but he he still ended up getting finished in that fight cuz he just gassed out and was just in the third round, right? Yeah, was I think that, that one that when it went to the the extra one and he ended up losing. Yeah, well, I mean, anytime it goes to a third in tough, it's, oh, it's sorry, an extra. got the extra, of course, but like he won the first one, yeah, and then it was a close second one, yeah, and then he got knocked down, the and third. arguably could have won the second one. Like a lot of that was kind yeah. of controversial on that episode. I think that was episode four, like three. It was some, it was one of the earlier ones because it was I think it was it was obviously before semifinals. It was I think yeah. one of the later ones though because he got injured, so they kind of kept him on the shelf as long yeah. as they could. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I don't know, I'm just kind of waiting for the season to be over. <laughs> it's dude, it's not great prospect, especially for I'm the guys. I'm just waiting till so I'm we can get on to Cup 31, Khabib versus Tony, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't hold your breath, bud. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't either. I'd probably die within you know the first. Look who they put as the co- as the coaches for this season. You think they're gonna get it right next season? No, Blake, I have zero confidence in them. And even Ortega and Volkanovski, a lot of people weren't very excited for that. Remember, I think even me and you were talking like, man, I, I feel it like was, they could have went a, d- a couple different ways here. But it's still, I feel like they could at least they delivered. Very, pleasantly surprised by them. Yeah, and absolutely. Obviously, I mean, one of the biggest parts about choosing the coaches is the fight is uh, the fight they're going to have after the season. And that was one of the... Uh, but you know what? Extremely I think uh, I'm actually real excited for the for the rematch of Pena and uh, and Nunes. Yeah, because are I you mean, excited about what we're going to see inside the cage or just yeah. the stakes surrounding? I'm it? very excited about what we're going to see in the cage because Nunes okay. got finished. She was getting not only did she get choked out, she was getting rocked. Yeah, she was tired. She was getting rocked, and then she gave up, giving up her back. So I want to see. Okay, how is how is she going to respond to that? Is she just going to kind of. Lay over, let Julia, let Juliana take everything she you know worked for and 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 made happen, or is she gonna reclaim what was you know once hers and continue on her next reign? So I think that's both what's at stake and the fight itself. Because let's let's not act like that first fight sucked. I mean that first fight was pretty sweet. It was entertaining. It yeah. was pretty sweet. Dude, and, they and were Blake, I appreciate each other. that. You're out here. You're out here getting me actually excited for this rematch. I really. It really hasn't been a thing um, that I'm looking for. Uh, but Not looking forward to the press conference, tell you that. I probably won't watch the press conference unless uh, – who do they, I, I need to see who they have on that card. I can't remember who else is backing them up, but they yeah, should, they, if they're, like, if they're they featuring them, the, it's – you know, I'm, I'm good. They certainly will not be the focus of that card. I think um, – oh, yeah. I actually could be looking um, – ah, we're saved, Blake. We're saved because Derek Lewis will be – on that press conference for sure. Uh, who's he fighting? He's oh, fighting okay. Sergey. Sergey Pavlovich. Wow. I like him. I think Anthony Smith could be fun. Drew Dober Ooh. could be interesting. Anthony Justin Smith. Toffa could and be interesting. And we got the freaking nicest guy in the world, Brandon Moreno. Oh, and then especially one of the hottest prospects in the entire promotion, Ignacio Bahamontes, taking place on the early prelims. Yeah. Damn, they got him on the early prelims. That's messed up. It is kind of. They should have had him on the prelims at least. I mean, you know it's still it's still pretty. And far also out, though. above him, I think it's almost a little disrespectful putting Maria Agapova on on the uh, the early prelims as well. I think she she could be a prelim fighter. Freaking Fajeda and Close, that's a good fight. Dober and Alves, I feel like that's pretty fair. Justin Taffa could be. He's very hit or miss. <laughs> we got a little off track here. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> but what is new? Let's know your thoughts. Uh, who do you think is kind of leading the way when it comes to top 29 prospects, contenders, actual stars in the making, or has it been a disappointing cast so far? Uh, but we're going to take a look at the main event for UFC Vegas 58 now. Uh, and we finally know who the greatest Rafael is at least at the moment. This was a great comeback win for Fazeev with uh, landing the um, late knockout there in the fifth round, and I had no problem with the stoppage. Um, I-, I guess if you want to call it early, sure, but let's not act like uh, if we want for three more seconds, uh, um, 
you know, RDA is catching a few more hammer fists and then officially getting his lights put out. So the yeah. fight was over. I have no problem with that. Um, Even the, RDA after could, the fight came out and said, you know, his, you know, respect yeah. and all that stuff. He wasn't let, Let's not talk about that stoppage when we saw the one between Chase Sherman and Jared Van. Oh my <laughs> God, dude. Did you, I remember Poor one of my Jared, friends that's uh, one of my friends that's not really into UFC was literally counting the strikes when we were watching. Oh no. Like the unanswered strikes before the stoppage came and he got up to like 20 something. <laughs> Damn! Yeah, yeah. No, like, that, that didn't look good. That was I a great fight, too, right? That was a fun fight. That you was should a good put fight. that. You were debating on putting. I that was. Remember, so. I was like, dude, Tercio screwed you. Apparently, yeah. I know. I need to. Uh, I need to stop looking through look the rose-colored lenses. He got, well, he got cut, and now is that two straight wins for Chase Sherman after getting cut? No, I thought he lost his last one, didn't he? Or maybe he did lose. He was no, on like but, a oh, four-fight losing streak. I think um, his last fight, he got brought back on because he was. Short um, notice. And that was and he was like a super big, um, super short dog notice. in that one, right? Yeah. Hey, whatever. He now got a cool knockout, and Jared Vanderas don't slouch as well. So that, yeah. that's a good win for Chase. Um, but um, back to the main event, at least. Um, a couple things coming off of this fight. Have we seen the last of RDA when it comes to true title contention? Is Fazeev worthy of a top five opponent next? And um, would he be able to be rough and dull inside the cage? Big questions. Perfect um, call up, by the way. I love that. <laughs> Fazeev's call out game is great. Do you really think it's that great? I, I'm not. I really don't care that much when he does you know, weird call outs. I think it's entertaining because I he he had a good mix uh, this this week because he. You know, through the comedy, through the entertainment with his post-fight interview inside the Octagon with his call-out of the tennis guy. And then in his post-fight press conference, then he goes a little bit more real and calls out Justin Gaethje. I, I yeah. think that's a good way to do it. Yeah, I think the... Uh, it's going to put you in, his head, in headlines, so I don't think that's... He's got, a, really he's got quite a few options, honestly. I wouldn't mind seeing him, depending on what Dariush's timeline is and if he's fighting Islam or not, like what's going on with Charles Oliveira... You know, the out. really interesting why you say that is I think um, I, I I think it was Charles Oliveira's dad on Tuesday. He revealed that apparently we're going to see a signed contract for Charles Oliveira's next fight um, for the vacant lightweight championship within the within this week. Yep. So we're going to get some answers made. It's probably going to be Islam. Let, let's be real. Um, I would prefer Darius versus Islam though, but it, it if I had to guess, it's going to be um, Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. Yeah, so Fazeev, I'd say, has three really solid options. You could either go mm -hmm. Dariush, Chandler, or Gaethje. I think either one of those guys is going to be a fantastic fight. And Where uh, would you lean to? Do you like uh, the Gaethje call-out? I do, but I just don't think he's going to take that fight. Gaethje? Yeah. I just I don't really well, see it happening. Well, who else would Gaethje fight, then? I mean, he just recently Dustin? fought. So he, I think he still has a little bit of leeway. He could probably sit out a little bit if he wants to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're going to have to get some movement from these guys somewhere. Me, honestly, the fight that would intrigue me the most would probably be... Hmm. I think... I think I'd almost rather see like a, a chandler physique fight. I was kind of feeling that, man. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be I fun, be... but um, yeah, you I don't know, know. Chandler wouldn't say no to that. At least, probably not. I don't think so. I mean, they're pretty close in the rankings. I think they're just it two spots off. It wouldn't be his top choice. Uh, Chandler's still there, number five. Yeah. And the interesting thing, I need to take a look through the ranking, um, like years, because for the first time that I've ever seen following this sport, is that Tony Ferguson is not a top ten ranked fighter. He's at eleven. Who would have thought? Who would have thought we see the day, Blake? But, you know, judging from what happened, was it this last weekend that the altercation happened between Chandler and Poirier? Or was that the weekend before at 276? That was at the pay-per-view, I think. Was it? That would make yeah, more sense. I, yeah, because this last so. weekend was Apex, so that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to show up for that. So I'm thinking maybe Poirier-Chandler gets made, and then at that point it's like, yeah, Gaethje and, and, and Fazeev, or our, obviously Dariush and Fazeev, has to get mm -hmm. made. I'd almost say, like, rankings-wise, Dariush and Fazeev makes a little more sense. Uh, Dariush at six, Fazeev at seven. Yeah. yeah. And it's a fight coming back for Dariush. He doesn't have to, you know, go up the rankings the first fight back, prove himself, even though he's already done it a million times. 
Stylistically, it could be a good one for Darius as well if he's able to get to the ground. Of course. Could be. Or well, also, we, what up. we saw is Fiziv wasn't too much of a slouch uh, in this fight against RDA when it, when they got to the canvas a couple times. No, I mean, he he wasn't getting dominated on the ground. He took a couple nice shots from Rafael, and, or I guess mm-hmm. I should say Dos Andres, since they're both named Rafael. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the stand-up was pretty even for the most part up until the last round, obviously. I thought both of them were getting some pretty good shots in there. It didn't look like anyone was really getting the better of somebody. It seemed very even up until that fifth round. Like, I, I really thought we were going to a decision. And then out of nowhere, mm-hmm. freaking thunder. And lightning just took strikes. one man, just clipped him. Yeah, crazy. That was is it when it comes. I really had to applaud, um, you know, Sean Shelby in the game for this matchmaking because this was this was as close to the perfect matchup. Well, that, they even get credit because I'm pretty sure Fazeev called out Rafael, didn't he? Didn't he call out RDA? And he he was the one that wanted I think so. But I think they were going to do one this of the fight two. anyway, though. Well, he wanted to, to sell it, they wanted there, to see there who was the best Rafael, but. Yeah, there were talks about it, but also we all know that just because two fighters want each other, that they're not guaranteed to get that matchup. Uh, I'll give UFC credit for making it happen, but not creating it. That's fair. Yeah, I like, think I'll, I'll give them credit for mailing the contracts to the to the fighters. I think I'll roll with that. Yeah, great. I'll <laughs> <laughs> they put the right poaches stamps on there, right? Yeah, got the right addresses. You know, that's good stuff. <laughs> They can't do that with stuff. Nate Diaz, obviously. What do you think about... Um, so, we got that. Fiziev, you're feeling... So, in, in a perfect world, do you prefer the Chandler fight? Is that what we're going with? It depends. So, the Chandler comes with an asterisk. Asterisk. Mm. Uh, because I really want Poirier and him to fight. I want Chandler and Poirier really bad, because that's got some... Some heat behind it, you know. Some yeah, tra- some especially now it's great. Hot sauce getting thrown in trash cans and some bickering <laughs> at, at pre- you know at a fight night or pay per views, I should say. So there's just some good juicy stuff going on with that matchup. Um, personally, I think like the most, the two most entertaining fights would definitely be Chandler Fazeev, Gaethje Fazeev. Those so are really, just the slugfest, man. You could just go either way with that. I just think Chandler probably has... I, I think Chandler has a better chance of winning, honestly. Because he's just the more all-around... All-around, like, yeah. We've seen everything from Chandler. We haven't really seen everything from Gaethje. He always says how much... Or not... He doesn't really say it, but everyone says for him how crazy Everyone but Gaethje is. talks about his wrestling. Yeah, but we never see it. So it's like, I, I can't really, like... Well, the times we've needed to see it, it hasn't been there against yeah. against you know uh, Michael Chandler points against Charles Oliveira. It, I I think if you want to bring that up, I think that's a dead narrative. We should no longer be talking about uh, Justin Gaethje's wrestling game. He doesn't use it. He doesn't attempt yeah. to use it, and it certainly isn't there against the top of the division. Could have good defense, but it's not like he's doing anything offensive with it. And I think with Fazeev, you're going to have to be able to mix it up. I mean, the guy's just. I'll even tweet that. He's too okay. much, man. That guy's powerful. Still knocking people out with basically one hit in the fifth round. Jeez. That's nuts. Like, <laughs> 20 minutes into a Great fight and you fight. can still knock a dude out. Like, that's crazy. Exactly. I, that's I think crazy. That's a pretty damn scary thought. Damn. Um, but also, yeah. before we get to uh, to what the blank Blake, uh, when it comes to the whole Nate Diaz situation, we're going to be taking a look at a little bit more. Um, one thing I want to ask you, last question I have for you for UFC Vegas 58. What current UFC fighter would be the best tennis player? Hmm. Best tennis player. UFC fighter. This Nadal stuff got me thinking. Uh, I mean, I think everyone's got to have pretty decent hand-eye coordination, but who would be... Can I throw a name to the mix? Who would you say? Tennis. We're going to see, obviously, um, I don't really watch them much because it's a boring sport, but a little bit. We, we uh, Unfortunately, you and I were at the place we met was a racket club, and they had tennis on all the time there, and I hated it, but, you know, we're subjugated to that torture. Um, there's clearly a lot of lateral movements. So you got to be quick side to side. Mm-hmm. And it helps to be a little bit lanky as well. Yep. Um, 
Stephen Thompson, look at his cry stance. Look how he bounces back and forth. Stephen Thompson, some, yeah, I could see some good, good side to side lateral movement from him. Like guy, karate, good hand hand eye coordination. I think Stephen Thompson, man. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a good one. <laughs> I feel like uh, Uriah Faber probably be a sneaky one. Ooh, little quick guy. Be a sneaky one. Um, yeah. Hmm. Tough to question, like I know. A, oh, you know who would be good, bro? Mm. Volkov. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you mean the man that could cover the entire court in one step? Yeah, dude, but he'd, <laughs> if you uh, get him moving, you're probably going to, you know, probably be able to beat him. But if he's would just standing Steven at the Struth net. Be a better, be a better tennis dude, player. Dude, imagine a doubles team with Volkov and Stefan Struve. <laughs> How'd you get the ball <laughs> away from that would him? Be, <laughs> that'd be nuts. There is no gap inside the court. I'd be hitting court. it at them. I'd be like, "Fuck! I'm just gonna try to hit you. Can't get it over <laughs> you. I can't, you know, get it around you. I'm you just can't gonna try not to hit get, it at get you. Get the racket back in, at, into their like body area quick enough. You know, that's the it's the only way you can do it. I think. So I think what we need to see is Volkov uh, doubles Volkov and Struve versus a doubles of Volkanovski and Uriah Faber, two real big guys. Against you, small and quick guys. I think I think that's entertainment. Book it. I UFC. think we should. I, I think we should keep it. Stephen Thompson, though. I like Stephen Thompson. That was a fantastic Thompson. answer. Well, thank you. I, I I just you know the karate stance got me thinking, man. You know, look at the way he bounces. And I I gotta say, I tried to you know practice footwork, practice stances, and stuff like that for my upcoming fight. Um, for those that don't know, I'm doing an amateur fight for some reason because I'm a fucking moron and. Doing MMA now, <laughs> um, but that'll happen probably later this year or uh, early next year. It just depends on what card me and my opponent could get ourselves on. Shout out to um, Johnny of uh, Uncaged Media and FCC MMA. Fantastic stuff. They shot the FCC MMA, by the way. Um, but, oh yeah, the point is getting to, it's hard to bounce back and forth like that with that karate stance. Like, it's it's a lot harder than it looks. It's It's real weird. But, you know, also, so it's just more reason to respect the greatness as Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, but before, like I said, before we get to What the Blank, before we get to Best Prospects, before we get to new Nate Diaz drama that we're going to talk about for, like, the 20th week in a row, uh, I want to throw a new segment at you guys. I want to throw something new because especially what came out of UFC 276, um, um, obviously I was able to just rant a lot on Twitter and also uh, interview coming out a little bit later this week, at least it should be, with the Jake, Bla the Jake Blanchard podcast. Great guy, local guy. Met him here at a uh, local MMA event, actually. We talked a lot about UFC 276. We'll get my thoughts a little bit more in depth there. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 4th Long Media so you can stay up to date when that drops. Is I'll be sharing that as well. Well, um, but Blake, I know for sure you got some, I got some after every card and Twitter has them as well, but you got a take that you really want to ride with that you're really feeling deep in your soul. Okay. Maybe not a hard one every single week, but I know there's something that emerges. So what we're going to throw at you guys is our take of the week. It could be one coming from ourselves, or it could be one that we've seen coming from the MMA world that we either want to agree with or that we want to dispute. And Blake, you know my thoughts. I'll, I'll take the reins on this one so you can get your, your thought process going. Something new I'm throwing you. Don't want to just throw you immediately under the bus, even though I do that a lot of the time because apparently I hate you. But you know my thoughts. When it comes, I hate the word robbery. I think it's the most overused word when it comes to the sport of MMA. But I'm taking this week, Blake, that the Michael Johnson fight was a legitimate robbery, and we actually have some beef that we could roll with this week. What do you think? Hmm. It's tough. I, that was a really I think it's 20-27, and it was really easy for me to score it that way. 20-27? to 28-27. Oh, I thought you said... I was like, Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that doesn't seem very close. Was resuscitated mid-round, and then that killed just, That's just like a weird total. Like, how do you get to 27 if you... If the only guy only got 20 points, but, uh, <laughs> um, cause personally, when I was talking out loud and I just watched the fight, like before mm -hmm. the decision was even made, I was like, dude, I could really see this being a draw. I could really, mm -hmm. really, really seeing it being a draw. Cause I think 
It was so close in the first round. I really don't know who you can give it to. I thought Michael was closer. I thought Michael Johnson was closer to getting Malarkey out in the first round. Um, the second round was a clear domination by Malarkey. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. Could easily have been a 10-8 in some judges' eyes. And then the third round, I thought, again, Michael Johnson might have sneaked a little bit of the better of him, uh, of Malarkey in that round. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking it could have been, you know, a 28-28 situation or maybe a a very, very uh, – yeah, I, I don't know. I think if I was going to give a winner, it, it would probably have to be – I don't know. I think it would have to be Johnson. Yeah. Well – it, just because of how he recovered and came back, you know, like he exactly he looked he he legitimately looked good in this fight. I was disappointed that he lost this one. Um, it wasn't and, unanimous probably, though, right? It was split. Correct. It was split decision. Yeah. It was a split okay. decision, and I I don't think it was a great decision. I forget which judge gave the one um, um, gave two to Malarkey. One probably messed up being Saldi Amato because he is a horrible horrible, horrible human being. Um, and hey, some of his well, cards haven't been too terrible lately. Well, though. He's been getting you know better. I think you're right, Blake. I actually, I, I think I'm holding on to a preconceived notion that's been hammered into our brands over the last few years, especially. But his last couple of cards, like he's almost been the voice of reason. Yeah, and that's scary when Zeldiomato is the one with the right card. Well, maybe he's learning from his past <laughs> mistakes, and that's promising. Hopefully, everyone can do that. <sighs> Keep my fingers crossed for him, because if he, if Sal can do it. That means there's hope for anyone. <laughs> except, well, yeah, I guess. I was going to say except for that one ref from Abu Dhabi, but. Yeah, no, I think that's a completely different conversation there. But do you have a take this week uh, from from the card from the MMA world that's really pressing you, Um, Or is not, it not? There's not always something that pierces the heart. Not a ton. Like, I mean, the biggest things that I was seeing this week were like, you know, co- uh, controversial stoppage on RDA, which I profusely deny. Yeah. Um, I thought it so was that, a decent you stoppage. You can use that one, obviously. If you, you can dispute that, Dave. There's, there's a lot of people kind of writing with that one. I think it was stupid. Obviously, you do too. Yeah, I mean, RDA's eyes were, like, he had a blank stare on his face after that <clears throat> after that first punch, and then did you see the follow-up hit that Fazeev landed on him when it was he a hit big the ground? One, Dude, he didn't need to take anything else, man. Guy's no, a so it, obviously, it wasn't as bad, but it, it was fairly close to. Uh, remember Francis Ganu's uh, follow up hammer fist against Stipe? I was going to say it was almost like that Sean O'Malley versus. Uh, who was who was that? Um, Almeida? Thomas Almeida? Remember? When he thought he had yeah. to walk off and then just turns around and walks over to him and just freaking. Spikes so, his head in the ground. Super necessary, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. So I mean, it was it was closer to that, I would say. Yeah, it, like, it was it just obviously. You're, I'm not going to fall Fazeev or Sean O'Malley in that case. You know, you you punch a dude until the ref yeah. stops you. But um, he was Fazeev. Um, RDA was out. <laughs> that fight was over. I I definitely think that follow up punch was necessary. I mean, it sucked how hard it was for RDA. No, all, it, that, all that. The but. fight wasn't over. When, with the first knockdown, but with that follow-up shot, over. Cut, call it, call yeah, it, call it. That was good. Because <laughs> after that, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, you're you're one hundred percent right about that one. Um, but another thing. Um, so let's know your thoughts on that one. We're going to throw you at you a ticket of the week, whether one we're going to defend with our lives or one that one of you schmucks in the MMA media world, especially when it comes to MMA Twitter. That is a hellhole of a landscape and is filled with so, so many delusional human beings. So we can always find some takes that we can dispute because they always produce some of the dumbest stuff you will ever hear in your entire life. Um, But before we get to our breakdown of UFC at Long Island, it's time to hop into what the blank, the segment where we have Blake fill in the blanks with a bunch of statements as we say what the blank with 
Blake, for those that don't know how this uh, segment works, I got three statements for our boy Blake Campbell over here. And there is a blanket either the beginning, the middle, or the end. And it's up to him to fill it in with whatever he so chooses. And, of course, sound off in the comments or his up over on socials as well um, if you want to drop your own opinion, which I know for a fact you certainly do have. But start us off this week, Blake. Especially, one, one thing that got me thinking, like I said at the beginning of the show, there was a lot of prospects that um, either built on their current um, kind of resume that they've had in the UFC so far, or ones that really um, started a new spotlight onto themselves with UFC Vegas 58. So, statement number one. The prospect with the most heat behind them is blank. Hmm. That's a tough one. There's a there's a lot to choose from, isn't there? I mean, the num the number one that's coming maybe it's recency bias, but the number one coming to mind right now is Shavkat Rachmanov. Yep. Just because I mean I don't even know if you can really call him a prospect anymore. He's he's probably more of a contender now. He's probably worked his way up to a contender after that Neil Magny win. Um, mm -hmm. Prospects. I mean, Nurmagomedov well, win a pretty damn dominating fight over Neil Magny. Yeah, not now. Not Saeed Nurmagomedov. Is it Umar Nurmagomedov? That's his actual cousin. The bantamweight. Yeah, but they're both bantamweight. Saeed and oh, the actual yeah, that's cousin. Right. So it's kind of tough. Yeah, so, yeah, I think so it's the Umar, one that though. won. I think it's Umar because Saeed won this uh, UC Vegas fifty eight. Umar won like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I think uh, Umar's scary. He's Did a pretty he big prospect. Brian was was <clears> that the fight? I'm pretty sure that's who he beat up. Or mm, no, I thought Kelleher got. Well, that might have been a while ago. Oh yeah, because huh. Kelleher just got beat by like one of Sean O'Malley's like teammates recently. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Brian Keller. Yeah, so two fights ago, um, earlier this year, he got choked down in the first round against Umar. Um, now Mario Bautista choked him out in the first round as well. So uh, not a great year for. For Brian Keller. <laughs> yeah, especially after the, oh. <clears throat> you know, he, the run he was having like a year or two ago where he was just winning, winning, winning. Well, I would say winning, winning, winning. But, you know, three wins in, in four and only losing to Ricky Simone isn't isn't bad. That was pretty good. And it was like short. I feel like some of them were short notice fights and he was doing he was doing some good stuff for a while. It was it was well, it got him into the conversation, be able to attempt to call it Sean O'Malley. So, that, yeah, that's fairly good. Absolutely. That's huge. Get a lot of eyes on you then. Get 100,000 Instagram <laughs> followers after you fight Sean. So you're feeling Umar in, in Shavka at this point? Two Haas prospects? Mm. There's, I guess like you can't call Haas prospect head. anymore. Yeah, like just off the top of my head, definitely. Um, yeah. I think Shavka's super easy one to, to talk about because he's probably two wins away from a title shot. Maybe one really impressive finish away from a title shot. Yeah. If we're and I mean, you can't. You obviously can't call Alex Pajeda, even though it's only going to be his third fight in the UFC, a prospect. It's, he's already a contender. He's going to be a title challenger. <laughs> exactly. So. He's, he's got the next title shot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's still a prospect. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, got to that's basically all I can think of right now. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone awesome, but hopefully, uh, you know, our six viewers can fill us in on that. <laughs> <laughs> and the six ones we love. Oh, so much. Shout out, a special shout out. I really want to feel like a uh, shout out to uh, Chris with um, Unmatched MMA because he is just a freaking legend on Twitter with some of the best memes. Also, our resident Tony Ferguson supporter. Um, and you and me both, man. We Blake, you join us in here with support for Chris. We all hate tiramisu. It's a stupid dessert, and, I, and it's really the worst thing out there, right? Have you had it before? Um, it, it kind of screwed us away from the Tony Ferguson fight. Also, I hate TV cables. TV cables are on the list of things I hate as well. Now, got you, until Chris. you eat tiramisu, I don't think you should talk badly about it. What, are you a fan of tiramisu? It's some good stuff. Okay, fair enough. Fair it's enough. some good stuff, man. Is it's it like Italian stuff. cake or something like that? I don't even really know how to explain it. Um, It's just got a lot of good shit in there, and I've not had bad Is tiramisu. there sugar and carbs? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Sounds good to me. That's what I'm saying. You can't go wrong. Why do you think Khabib couldn't make weight? <laughs> a little bit too much of that, huh? And the cheese oh, burgers. Boy. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Uh, but 
Let's get into the next thing here, because obviously the dilemma is ever-expanding, ever-growing, and it's Nate Diaz's dispute against the UFC. This is going to be a legendary <laughs> one when it's all said and done. Probably similar to what we've seen between uh, Mark Hunt and the UFC as well. Uh, that was a fun one, huh? Um, but Nate Diaz joined Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour special edition of that on Tuesday and shared a lot of news um, that and just uh, shared more of his frustration that he's pitched like five different names and fights for the UFC to put, put him up against. And he wants to get a fight right after that Leon Edwards one. And we haven't seen anything close to a deal for him being made. And it really does seem like I don't, I don't think it's really hyperbole at this point with how long it's been that the UFC is holding him hostage and really just is not letting him get that last fight of his contract in. Um, so it, I don't even know, like you and both, we've gone back and forth on this. There's a couple of fights we would like to see. We're not even sure if he is going to ever fight again. But with that being said, same number to Blake. Blank is the Nate Diaz fight that we didn't get slash having gotten that we needed the most. I mean, does that even need to be asked? We all know what the answer is. I think the, I know what the answer is. It's the trilogy. With the, the, well, the apparently notorious. we're not going to get the trilogy because that's not even close to Nate Diaz's radar, according to this interview. Yeah, he said they're on different timelines or something weird like that. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's fair. But So I mean, what's what, going to happen what, is we're going to see them fight in a boxing ring for the trilogy. Aren't what we? fight would be bigger? What fight would be, like, bringing more views? I mean, that, that would just... Be huge, and it's—I don't think it's that hard of a fight for him. I mean, he's already beaten basically twice, so it's almost more winnable than the first fight they had. I mean, I think he should just go for it. Guy's on one leg now; <laughs> he's been knocked out a couple times. Now that they catch a fight at one seventy, like legitimately. <laughs> but the only thing is, is like, how juiced up is Connor right now? <sighs> Dude's a middleweight. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on because I've uh, been seeing a bunch of reports out there saying he hasn't been uh, tested by USADA in like a year. You? Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they've been chasing him onto his yacht. No. They haven't. They don't have a logged test of Conor McGregor's. I don't have the date, but it's been just about a year. So Conor is on the Overeem diet. He's on that KSW diet is what I'm hearing, Blake. That's not great. I don't even know if Conor McGregor is going to be fighting in the UFC again. Let's see. And now that I said that, he's it, that's going to be the Charles Oliveira news we're going to get here in a few days is Conor versus Charles for the belt, of course. Gosh, dude. Uh, yeah, so back in May, I believe this was. Let me make sure that this is May. Mm -hmm. Go away. Yeah. So this was published on May 8th, 2022. Um, and it said that USADA updated their testing pool database for 2022 yesterday. Henry Cejudo is officially back. Conor McGregor remains absent and hasn't tested in approximately eight to nine months. That was two months ago. So we're coming up on just about a year. So uh, what you're saying, Blake, is that the return for Triple C is going to come sooner than Conor McGregor. Fantastic. <sighs> we'll see. <laughs> I hope it does. I mean, geez, God talks so much. I don't, I'd like oh, to so see who the versus Sean O'Malley. Let's do it. It'd be a hell of a fight. <clears throat> It'd be I a really huge fight for both of them. I think Cejudo takes that one too. I'd like to see it. I mean, he should take it. He's, a frick, it. he's triple champion. He's got the Olympic gold. He's got the bantamweight, and he's got the uh, flyweight gold. So he's he should have all the tools to beat O'Malley. But O'Malley is, you know, not a little boy. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 I like if they booked that fight, I would legitimately be super hyped for that one. Super interested in that fight. I would, I would genuinely love if the UC booked Triple C versus um, Sean O'Malley. But of course, I wouldn't be surprised if I, I would think that Triple C gets a title shot before he fights Sean O'Malley. If, if for, in my opinion, and I don't think that's a horrible choice um, as well. Uh, but in speaking about title shots, speaking about because we've kind of talked about Volk in 145, maybe taking on Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo going for quadruple C. Uh, same number three, Blake, is blank would be the biggest challenge for Alexander Volkanovsky at 145 pounds. Ah. <sighs> So far, it's been Ortega um, mm -hmm. in actual fights. 
I'd like to see the Emmett fight. I think that provides an interesting stylistic matchup. I'm not saying that Emmett would win. I do want to see. I do want to see that though. And I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, Cater fight too with Volkanovski. Yeah. I think that'd be another good one as well. I don't know if, if well, MMA math doesn't mean anything, but if it did, um, it wouldn't add up well for Cater. I think, think that'd be an interesting one though. Obviously, uh, Yair Rodriguez has said you know um, upcoming or with his upcoming fight against Brian Ortega this weekend that if Rodriguez wins, then the UFC said he's going to get the next title shot. Which, big if. It's it's a huge if. Uh we'll, we'll see when we get to our predictions here in. Just All I gotta a few say minutes. about that dude is Frankie Edgar. Do you remember what he did to Yair Rodriguez? He jacked him up, right? He absolutely demolished that kid's face. Just Russell left him and then mm. just bashed his face in. And I just don't He's... see Volkanovski having too much trouble doing that same exact game plan. Yeah. I, I guess the a rematch between <clears throat> him or and Ortega is probably the toughest fight for Volk at this point. But it would take Ortega... Unless he does something insane this weekend, I think it probably takes two wins um, for him. And honestly, dream situation is that dream situation here. Who I'll throw this one out to you. So Brent, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky is out for another uh, three months with his broken thumb recovering from surgery. So his timeline is probably going to be closer to the end of the year if he comes back, um, which he does want to. He wants like a November, December fight, which is which is fair. And I think that provides a pretty solid timeline. If Ortega wins this weekend, number one contender fight, Ortega versus Josh Emmett. Yeah, yeah that'd be, I mean, that'd be a good fight. <clears throat> but, mm -hmm. I mean, just depending on how soon that would happen, that would possibly exactly. take them out of the running. <clears throat> the timeline is going to be – the timeline would be super close. But, uh, but, yeah, that'd be a good one. Because, I mean, you'd have to think they'd have rest after the Yair Rodriguez fight and Ortega fight because mm -hmm. unless there's yeah, but, no damage taken. Maybe we do Volk versus uh, – here we go. Brian Ortega, um, first minute of the first round, pulls guard, guillotine, or a triangle, and then submits uh, uh, Yair Rodriguez. No damage, and we could book that fight. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way I could really see it happening, though. <clears throat> you know what's you know funny? I joke about that, but that, like, isn't, like, a total crazy prediction. You know what I mean? No, I mean, we've Brian seen it happen with Ortega before. I don't know about in the first minute of the first round but yeah we've we've seen him pull a guard on some it's dudes. doable bro Choke if, if we talk about guys that are like that where pulling guard is a legitimate tactic in the ufc brian ortega might be the best one at that Could obviously be. it's not there. uh glover <laughs> yeah not not fifth round glover Oh, poor guy. I do. Man, that was a tough one. But yeah, uh, let's know your thoughts. What, what's going to happen in this featherweight division? Who is the toughest current opponent um, for Volkanovski at 145 pounds? Sound off below or like to hit us up over on socials. But uh, we're going to close things out now with uh, us taking a look at a loaded card that is UFC Long Island. There's some really fun fights on this one. And before we get to your bangers, just a couple ones that I might want the key as well because what's cool is, Blake, we get back-to-back -back weeks of some loaded fight nights between. We're getting Long Island now. Next week, we're getting UFC London 2 for this year. And it's I, I'm super excited for this for this little stretch of fights we're getting. Then even after that, it's UFC 277, which honestly probably isn't as good. Um... <laughs> Probably isn't as good as a UFC London card is, which is crazy to think about. Um, but some fights that are going to be solid on this one. Um, a guy in the what we call the main event of the prelims, Pulele Soriano. He's always a, a fun fighter. Dustin Jacoby's on the prelims. Dwight Grant's on the prelims. And it, it's, I think it's going to be fun. That even um, Le the Leech versus Muslim Salikov could be a really interesting fight as well. Uh, Misha Tate versus Lauren Murphy is on the card. Um, that's really all I'll say for that fight. But Blake, let us know what fights we need to make sure our eyes are glued to our computer screens, to our TVs, to whatever device we are watching on when it comes to UC Long Island. What are our bangers? <clears throat> Okay, so first fight, we're going to go with Bill Algio versus Herbert Burns. I'm very disappointed that we're not getting the Battle of the Bills with uh, Bill Algio and Bill Quarant Billy, Billy Quarantillo. Sucks I had to pull out. Yeah. Can't relate. 
Um, <laughs> and then next we have Ricky Simone versus Jack Shore. That should be a very high-level bantamweight matchup. Uh, I believe Simone's like right there at like number 11 or 12, if I'm not mistaken. Let me make sure I'm not being stupid. Okay, he's at number 13, actually. He was at number 11, but UFC is doing weird shit. Um, <laughs> so that should be a really good one, a really good battle between some, you know, hot prospects. And then, obviously, for the featured banger, we got to go with Charles Air Jordan versus Shane Burgos. I mean... Burgos, I don't think I've ever seen him in a bad fight, like, ever in my life. And Jordan is so entertaining. I mean, he Spartan kicks people in the octagon. So, uh, Dude, just I'm, really looking forward to that one. I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, because I think we might be able to get an improved Shane Burgos. Uh, one of the things that we saw recently is, especially leading up to Josh Emmett's fight against Calvin Cater, is we all remember 2020, one of the best fights of the year was Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos. That thing, that fight was insane. And... They become training partners. Um, Burgos spent a little bit of time with Team Alpha Mill, who's spending some time with the most underrated boxing coach in MMA at this point. Shout out to Joey Rodriguez of Team Alpha Mill. You are fantastic. And so I'm really curious to see what this new camp and environment is going to translate to for Shane Burgos when it comes to the Octagon. I, I, I think this is just also just an insanely fun fight that we're going to be able to be gifted with this weekend as well. Yep, can't wait. Yes, sir. But excusing the awkward sounds that we had there as my brain tried to wrap my head around what was going on, it is time for the predictions for UFC Long Island. Uh, of course, this is going to be a this is a fairly an highly anticipated main event, one with title implications on the line. Brian Ortega, if he does something crazy, could we could definitely see that rematch be booked. Yair Rodriguez, apparently, according to the UFC, if he wins this one, he is going to get the next title shot. So, what we're going to see here, Blake, Yair Rodriguez coming off of a um, you know, obviously, recently he had that loss against Max Holloway. Um, late last year, but it was a very close fight, though. I, I would say it was a very close fight. And um, Brian Ortega, he is coming off of a couple um, with a uh, obviously he had that big win over the Korean Zombie. Um, then he had that loss against Alexander uh, Volkanovsky in what was on the feet, not competitive, on the ground. He could very well um, submit Alexander Volkanovsky twice and be the current champion. Uh, we all know the the quote from Volkanovsky saying that he was about he he thought he was about to lose the belt when he was getting, um, in, when he was in that guillotine. So, a couple of guys with some recent losses, but also some that have looked great as well. Um, a kind of a big kind of a big point in either career at this point. So, Blake, who do you think gets it done in the main event of UC Long Island? <clears throat> Going to go with Ortega by decision. Unanimous. Unanimous. We go in. We want to be super specific for no reason and give a give a score. Uh, I think Yair will win at least one or two rounds. Mm -hmm. Maybe give it like a <clears throat> maybe like a forty-eight, forty-six, forty-eight, forty-seven, maybe. Ooh, okay. Okay. And let me throw this one out there. Kind of going to talk about with, uh, you know, a potential fight that they can do if they don't take any damage. I will go with Brian Ortega via submission against A. Rodriguez. If I had to be super specific, third round. Third round submission for Brian Ortega. Okay, you sound very confident. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of throwing stuff out there. I'll say Brian Ortega, third round submission by guillotine. So if that happens, I'm going to look like a freaking genius and be able to see into the future. If it doesn't, you know, uh, then that just means that it was a overly detailed uh, prediction that, like, I really shouldn't expect to get right anyway. So I'll blame both sides to come out on top as long as Brian Ortega wins. Is That's really the big, big one here. Uh, both rolling with the same guy, but definitely don't want to be... I don't want to make it sound like we're counting out Yara Rodriguez because we definitely are not. This is going to be this is going to be a really good fight. I just think Brian Ortega is. I mean, his his two losses was to Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky, two of the greatest fighters that this division's ever seen. Um, arguably, at least two of the top three, I I, I would say, um, if not two of the top two. 
I think at this point, with that loss to Volkanovski, we're probably looking at top three. I'm getting off off uh, off topic here again, Blake. But greatest of all time, featherweights: Volkanovski, Jose Aldo, Max Holloway. Is that a fair list? Yeah. Cool. There you guys go. Undisputed uh, best list ever. Um, don't you even question. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to UFC Vegas, uh, not UFC Vegas 58, I mean, you probably tuned into that one, uh, but UFC Talk 93, it's uh, been a couple weeks off, and so we're super glad to be able to come at you guys again, life is crazy, and we don't make nearly enough money off of this show uh, to make a priority in our lives, at least for Blake, because he has real stuff going, I have no life, so really, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me, um, so <laughs> thank you so much for your patience, it was great to be back, but Blake, your thoughts in one word or phrase on Mexican food. Me <clears throat> uh, gusta. Translate. I like. Me like. Me like. That, that's one. See, see I, I, I know El Espanol. Believe it or not, I took I studied Japanese in high school, um, so I, I really don't speak a whole lot of Spanish besides the Spanish I learned by looking at the signs in Home Depot. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you guys have a fantastic time watching UFC Long Island. Go ahead. Uh, I think I'm doing Mexican food on. I, I think I'm cooking some some little carne asada up this week as well, so that's going to be a good time. Go go get some Mexican food if you can, because that stuff slaps. I hope you guys have a great week. Hope you guys have a great time on Fight Night. And we cannot wait to see you next week. See you guys later.